Welcome to the HR Happy Hour. We are back live from Unleashed here in Paris, France. I'm here with my co-host, Mervyn Denon. Mervyn, good to see you. Good to see you too, Trish. I, we, I feel like we're doing this every week now. We live thousands of miles apart across you know, an ocean, but yet we're together all the time. This time of year, it, it, it happens. It's international tra- travel for both of us. It really is. It is. Well, anyway, good to see you here in Paris. I know you actually just came in this morning, so we'll uh, we'll have to let you experience a little bit of Unleash. But I can tell you, it has been very exciting. Lots of activity, lots of good sessions so far. I sat in on one, in fact, this morning with our friend Madeline Lerano, mm-hmm. um, talking about uh, you know workforce management, being able to hire better how to incorporate Gen Z into your hiring plans and have them feel comfortable and really about retention overall. So I feel like a lot of topics are already at play here. Yeah, no, it sounds sounds interesting. I've been here for an hour and the buzz is immense. You can feel it as you walk around the room and stuff. So it's a, a great event. Well, good. Well, we are very excited to have a special guest with us today. Actually, someone I was on stage with last year, and I knew immediately when I had the opportunity I wanted to pull her back on stage with us. So we have Marianne Abajay, officially the Chief Revenue Officer for SAP Success Factors. But Marianne, first, welcome. Thank you. And secondly, why don't you tell us what you do? Because I know that you do more than what that <laughs> sounds like. It's so true. So Trish, my primary focus is basically working with customers every single day, and it's the pre-sales part of that, the post-sales part of that, and everything in between. And then I also spend about an equal amount of time with our partners. We have a huge partner ecosystem that we really embrace and encourage. I'm so glad that you shared that because I think that that's one of the things I've been talking about a lot lately. Maybe because I have kids that are in college and they're thinking a lot about what degrees to pursue and and what types of jobs. I would love to just hear a brief little bit on your background because I think that when people hear chief revenue officer, they might think it's only financial, correct, right? And not all of the extremely deep um, relationships you have, as you've said, sort of from start to finish, right, with your customers. It's true. It's true. How did you get into this role? Oh my, Trish, how far back do we want to go? <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe even not that, but what, if you were looking for someone to advise maybe a younger yeah. person right now in school, how well, would you get them involved in, look, in the skills I mean, for this role? That's a great question. I actually majored in French to oh. begin with. French. And here it's, you are And in here Paris. I am. <laughs> but I finished in information systems. I started in French, and then I decided, hey, you know, programming languages are just other languages. And so instead of French and Spanish and German, I flipped to COBOL and Fortran and C. Interesting. And that's what I graduated in. And I actually started as a programmer. And the only reason I mention that is because I do think because technology is such an integral part of all of our lives every single day, it's really nice to be able to understand it. And especially in my role where I'm advising customers, helping customers, understanding what it is that we provide to those customers, how it works, I think it's pretty critical. 
um, because you can steer them the right way or the wrong way. And of course, we want to steer them the right way. Absolutely. I find it interesting that I know Mervyn and I have talked about how our careers have a similar thing, right? You start in sort of one area maybe of study, but your your job 20 years in, 30 years in, it changes and morphs. And it's sometimes difficult, I think, for people who might be in high school or college to think about, they, they think I have to have a degree and that's the only thing I can do. So I, I love to maybe hear your perspective on you know, skills are all the talk right now, right? But that's that really shows that we've been been sort of doing that and morphing into, right, using our skills versus maybe necessarily what a degree is. But now even more so, it's like on steroids. That is so true. And I think you're probably well aware that many companies now are not focused on degrees, including SAP, including Accenture, Microsoft, IBM, huge companies. They're really focused on the person. They're focused on basically bringing them into the company, providing them the training they want them to have, and then really getting those skills that they're interested in embedded in those people. And so the degree is not quite as big a deal as maybe it was when I graduated. Right. Hmm. How do um, how do organizations then, if it's not a degree, how do they not decide, but, but, but choose the people who are going to be able to adapt, who are going to be able to learn and be constant learners? Because historically, it's obviously, oh, you've done a degree, therefore you're good at studying, you're good at remembering things. So what are the ways now that people try and uh, ascertain I, that, that thirst for learning? I think that's a great question. Um, I know that there's, of course, a lot of interviews that go into it, but there's also some testing that has come a long way. I know when I graduated from college and went for my first job with the phone company, um, I had to take this super basic test. It was almost like, are you an idiot? If not, you get the job. If if so, you don't get the job. (laughs) Now, I think the testing is much more around how would you solve this problem and really getting um, the young person to talk about what they would do in a particular situation, what if this happens, how would you handle it? And they make their decisions based on those skills, life skills, versus how much does this person actually know? Because they can instill that knowledge in students very easily. We all have very complete academies that we put our young people through. So, yeah. Well, as a trend, I think, you know, it's certainly evolving very quickly. Obviously, technology is enabling that to happen. But I know you do more than just talk about skills. There are many trends, uh, meta trends that you cover. And I would love if you can share what some of those are. You have such a great team of researchers at SAP Success Factor. You are so right, Trish. And um, so this year, every year it changes. Our meta trends for this year, and these are pulled from our group of PhDs that do interviews with all of our customers, with our analysts, with our confidants, basically pulling what is the most important thing. So there are seven of them. I'm going to go through all of them. Number one, winning the race for skills. Shocker. <laughs> we, we just teed that out nicely, didn't we? <laughs> you did. You really, And you didn't even know. So that's impressive. Um, number two, mobilizing the workforce for the future. Number three, adopting emerging technologies, but here's the key, with purpose. Um, So not just bringing AI in because it's the latest cool thing, but bringing it in with a specific purpose. 
And I guess one thing I would add on this particular trend is, um, you know, a lot of people are a bit nervous about AI because they're concerned about job displacement. But what we feel is that the purpose here is to take away all of those rote tasks that we all hate to do anyway and free up our minds to be able to do the more strategic jobs that we really like. Yeah, HR leaders have been begging for that for years, right? We've always wanted more time and just no way possible to achieve that. Exactly. So I feel excited that it's here. Me too, me too. Um, number four, I love this one, making flexible work work. And I don't care where you go in the world right now, this whole hybrid work situation is still an issue. And, you know, you've got one school of thought that says everybody's going to come back to the office, period, end of story. Um, We at SAP have a pledge to flex, so we're basically allowing people flexibility, but providing some structure around it. If your manager says, hey, we'd like you to come in two days a week in these specific two days so we can work as a team, well, then the expectation is that you do that. But having traveled a lot this year, I see a lot of empty offices. Mm. So I don't think we've figured this one out. Yeah. No. That's a- it's, it's interesting because I've recently, for some work I'm doing, revisited some research I was involved in back in 2017 in Europe. And we surveyed 14,000 job seekers. And just under two-thirds, about 62%, had said that having the opportunity to work flexibly or part-time from home would make them choose one job over another. And that was 2017. So, yeah... All, all COVID did really was 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 to amp- amplify it. it. It was always there, a generation of workers who feel that they don't have to be present all the time. Um, and of course now it's it's you know, it's gone the other way in that it's kind of it's it's not about control, but it's about kind of as you say empty office space. And, and uh, there was some stuff I shared yesterday about kind of having meetings like online meetings around moments that matter rather than just having them for the sake of it mm-hmm. choose it for because, because otherwise people will stop kind of logging in or they'll log in bored because oh another meeting just for the sake of it so it's just something that matters and, and so people can discuss it and there's en- there's energy around it i love that yeah. i mean all of us have too many meetings right absolutely and all of us have standing meetings that Mm-hmm. really make no sense most of the time, don't have a clear agenda, et cetera. But that is fascinating that it was back in 2017 that you did that research. Yeah. Isn't that surprising? Mm-hmm. I had heard that last week when I spoke with, uh, with Mervyn, and I was just like, I wish more people knew that because yeah. I think we sort of assume that what we're dealing with is solely based on the pandemic. And mm. clearly it was, it was coming on before that. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm still waiting for the four-day work week. I yeah, we've talked four- about that forever, right? <laughs> we like- have. We have. It's not here yet, but one of these days. Well, um, trials are happening now in, in Europe. That's true. Yeah. There are true. trials. So maybe. Right. Um, number five, embedding holistic well-being everywhere. Wonderful. Yes. And I do feel like the pandemic also yeah. kind of yes. spurred that on. Um, and and uh, companies have done this for a long time, but I think they're doing it at a different pace and a different level now. You know, I wanted to say on that one, I wonder if Gen Z is helping that along in that they are much more open about talking about what their needs are, how they're feeling uh, without embarrassment or without feeling, not that they don't feel a stigma still, maybe it's being pushed on those of us that have been in the workforce for a while, but 
I recall, you know, joining the workforce back in the 90s, and that was just something I was specifically told, your boss does not care, right? <laughs> if you are so sick, true. if you are whatever, right? Like, show up. I've gone to work with pneumonia, like, honestly, with stitches. It, like, over the years, it's crazy when I think back. I was on bed rest in the hospital with my twins for nine weeks, working at a large professional services firm, and people were coming to have meetings with me in my hospital room. So this is not that long ago, 2003. So I guess in 20 years, what I'm excited about this trend is that now we're finally seeing some positive momentum to help not just the people entering the workforce, but those of us who are here on this podcast, right? We can feel more comfortable saying what our wellness needs are right so true so true definitely and it it brings humanity to the workplace it sure does and that's it's kind of i think you're right trish i think there is a a a more recent cohort coming into the workplace who are more open about sharing and i think that historically it's been a kind of badge of honor I showed up to work even though I was ill. Yes. I showed up to work even though I lost a parent or something. I just took a day off and I came back. Yeah, you're reliable, that's, right? That's me. Um, and there are a lot of hidden issues uh, of people suppressing things. Um, and it, it's, it's, I mean, even the uh, research, in fact, uh, a podcast uh, that I, I had out earlier in the year, was, you know, almost two-thirds, uh, particularly men, um, won't, you know, that they won't say that, that they're not coming to work today or they're taking it up because of their mental health. They're just making an excuse because they feel they'll get judged. They feel they'll get... So there's still, there still needs to be a bit more openness around it. Right. Well, I think it goes back to childhood. We, we, yeah. we reward students who have perfect attendance. Yeah. Right? They're the ones that are honored. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it does make you feel like you have to be superhuman in order to achieve any sort of status in your work or you know appreciation in your work. So I think that putting the human in human resources, right, we hear that all, all yeah. the time, this is one way. And I like that you said it brings the humanity to it. Yeah, it's so, so. true. And I, I definitely think that during COVID, maybe we asked more questions than we would have mm-hmm. normally asked. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole privacy thing. Should we ask this? Should we not ask this? But with COVID, we maybe went the extra mile and asked we the did. extra two or three mm-hmm. questions that suddenly got the employee talking and really sharing what was on their mind. And normally it was something pretty significant. Right. Yeah. I guess the other thing I'd say is, you know, my generation, we would never, ever talk about mental health ever. Oh, no. And today, that is a very comfortable topic for my kids, for young people in the workplace, and I love that. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's it's healthier, right? Yeah. It's not putting the human back into human resources. It's putting the humanity into human resources. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Very good. good. You brought that. it full circle. <laughs> I love that. And then number six is embracing the complexity of D, E, I, and B. And boy, is it complex today. Um, and, and but But really going after it, not shying away from it. And then the last one, preparing people leaders for today and tomorrow. And again, that's an area where I feel we've evolved. Um, We didn't always really focus on the people leadership part of things. We focused on, did you make your number? Did you hit that KPI? We didn't focus on how good of a manager were you? How good of a people leader were you? Right. That's so true. 
Well, those are those are fantastic. Hopefully, the listeners, uh, you know, we'll put them in the show notes so that it's a little more concise as well. Um, but but definitely, I hope that if you're listening and that you're thinking about these and how it, how are they being handled in the organization that you're working in, and how is it uh, being handled when you think about the vendors that you work with, right? Um, I think these are all really important topics. Agreed. So, yeah, I'm glad we touched on a lot of those. Um, one thing, you know, we, we talked a little bit about AI in the, in the front part of this conversation. I would love, before we close, to, obviously, generative AI is everywhere. You can just walk through the expo hall, right? Everyone claims to have it. Everyone claims they've, you know, just found this new thing called artificial intelligence, right? It is here. Marianne, are you aware it's here? <laughs> I think so. You're giggling. I think okay. I'm absolutely positive it's here. <laughs> so a couple things. I, you know, I, I'm being a little facetious, but I, you know, obviously SAP has been really embracing artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of these algorithms that help you do work and be empowered. Love for you first to share sort of that background because this has been many years in the making, That's right? right? And many years of experience with your customers in the making. And then also maybe just touch on where you are with your uh, generative AI co-pilot tool. Absolutely. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. So first of all, SAP's been working on AI for years and years and years. And of course, we focused on um, process automation, on machine learning. Um, but the other thing we focused on is the ethics around AI. So we have an AI ethics board that's been in place for a number of years. Matter of fact, um, many uh, kind of stand it up as a role model of how a company should create an AI ethics board. And our, the focus of our new AI um, platform called Jewel is basically being reliable, being relevant, and most importantly, being responsible um, about how we bring it to our customers. And one of the things we're doing with Jewel, which I think is a little unique, you mentioned a lot of people kind of raising their hand and saying, I have AI, mm -hmm. I have AI. Well, with Jewel, we're able to take advantage of multiple AI technologies without burdening the customer with the complexity of all of those different technologies. And we've kind of bucketed into three separate areas, I'm sorry, four separate areas. Um, generative AI, which everybody's familiar with, conversational AI, which is more the co-pilot, chatbot, digital assistant um, capability. Then you have the automation piece that's mm -hmm. built into the product that's going to automate rote tasks um, on behalf of HR or the employee. And then the last piece is that deep machine learning large language model capability that looks more at the person and serves up personalized recommendations for learning, for new jobs, for skills that you should acquire in order to reach the goal that you set for a particular role. Yeah, I love that you break it down to those four categories because I think, yeah, we hear just AI thrown around and a lot of people don't really understand what mm. does that mean for me and my business? And then further to that, how do you prepare for this? So I will just point people to your website because you do have a lot of resources, a lot of um, not just press releases, but articles about all of the different areas you're talking about. So. Um, is there anything that you would love to just point people to? Maybe they don't. Maybe they're not as familiar with you as uh, with SAP as they should be. Well, um, I would love to point them to SAP.com, 
And basically, SAP.com is the landing page that takes you not only to SAP success factors and to information about artificial intelligence, but also to the full SAP portfolio that includes ERP, digital supply chain, procurement capabilities, our contingent workforce capability, field glass that's tied tightly into success factors, and then of course concur for travel and expense and so much more. I'm so glad you mentioned all that because my final question, I know Mervyn probably has another question as well, but my final question for you is around that very thing, right? We've, we've heard as HR leaders and professionals for many years, we want a seat at the table. Well, I feel like because the technology is finally advanced in such a way, and it is in this case tightly integrated in terms of the way you run a business, not the way you run an HR department. I'd love to just hear maybe an anecdote or something maybe experience you've had with a customer where you're actually seeing them elevate from only looking at things from an HR perspective to, to a true holistic workforce perspective. Sure. And, you know, Trish, a couple weeks ago at Success Connect, we got really great feedback from our analysts about the fact that we need to educate our CHROs on finance, on supply chain, and the reason is because they do have a seat at the table. They're sitting there, and they may not be responsible for those areas, but guess what? The people that they're responsible for are in supply chain and could be the gating factor as to why there's a supply chain issue because perhaps they need to hire more, hire more quickly, hire more skilled laborers, etc. Um, so I think it's really incumbent on us to make sure that they do understand that. Um, I, I think the other thing is, um, bottom line, uh, I heard this morning about um, a company where uh, the CHRO basically is leading in AI for the company. And so these other areas, finance, supply chain, um, procurement, they're looking at what HR is doing and basically taking notes from them. So it helps the CHRO, if they understand a little bit about those other businesses, how they can give specific AI use cases. Great, thank you. Any, yeah. any closing questions, Mervyn? Anything burning on your, uh, on your mind? I think that, I mean, a lot of what you've said and the mega trends you've outlined uh, open up a lot of areas, a lot, a lot of avenues. Um, the business world, moves quite quickly these days. Um, what, is, is there anything not in the mega trends that we haven't talked about in the last 20 minutes or so that you think, you know, if we sit down here in a year's time today, we're suddenly going to be talking about, and, whoa, where did that come from? Oh, she's got her crystal ball. Okay. Yeah. I, I do. I do. <laughs> because one of the things that we asked our PhDs to work on this year, it's not one of the current 2023 mega trends, but I know it will be there next year is the deskless worker um, because guess what? None of us provide enough capability for the worker that doesn't have an email address, that doesn't have a laptop, but that needs to get skills, right? They need to understand what are the learning options for me? What's my development plan? How do I gain the skills I need to move to that next career level? And we have many companies that are super interested in investing in their employees along those lines. But right now, from a tech perspective, I feel like we're lagging there. And so we yeah. have our researchers really focused on that. 
I love it. We can't wait for the, the 2024 <laughs> megatrends to come out. Um, Marianne, thank you for taking some time today and sitting down with Mervyn and I. This has been really, really beneficial. I know our listeners will love it, and they have some key takeaways they can go back to their offices with, right, and, and think about things. Yeah. Where can people connect with you if they would like to? Oh, LinkedIn. Follow me on LinkedIn, Marianne Abajay, please. Um, you'll kind of track my travels. And, That's true. Um, you travel yeah. more than you travel more than me, and I even have a hashtag, Travels with Trish. So we, we need a hashtag for Marianne's travels. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, thanks for asking me. Um, I love Unleash. It was an amazing show last year, and the buzz here today is incredible. So, Trish, it's wonderful being with you again. And Mervyn, so nice meeting you. And you too, and you too. Yeah. And Mervyn, thank you for sitting in with me. This has been really fun. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the HR Happy Hour podcast. You can also hear Mervyn's podcast on the HR Happy Hour Network along with seven other shows. You can find that wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.